You're listening to a sermon preached at Sojourn Midtown. This is our sermon series, I Am, examining the I Am statements of Jesus. Chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen behind me. Hear the word of the Lord. Truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing today? Uh Uh-huh. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, I'm continuing, as soon as I figure out how to, oh, boom. As soon as I, there we go. I'm continuing in our, in our series of the seven I am statements in the book of John. And today uh, we'll look at where Jesus says, I am the door. Um, let's, let's pray. Uh, Lord, you are unimaginably good. And God, I pray that you would uh, remind us of that truth. Remind us that um, you are everything and transform us into a people who love you with our whole hearts and who are satisfied in you. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Of course, these are these famous verses from Psalm 23. If the Lord is your shepherd, then you have what you need. Somebody say, I have what I need then why is it that we continue to function as if all of our needs are not met in Christ? It's like we keep on forgetting what we have already been convinced is true, right? And I feel like I'm a Drew Barrymore from 51st Dates <laughs> or, or Dory from Finding Dory or like I'm Allie and Jesus is Noah and the Bible is the notebook. (laughs) Some of you had to take a moment to remember the plot, right? 
I get it. But today I want you to remember that Jesus gives you everything that you need. In fact, he is all that you need. And when we forget this, our amnesic selves, we run after all of these things to satiate our souls. Like what I need is a, is a relationship. I need a husband. I need a wife. I need another child. I need a better job, more money, more exposure, more opportunities. I need to be better. I need to do better so then that I can have more and be more. And the more we attempt to go through the wrong doors, the more we continue to question if what God said is true. The Lord is my shepherd, but I don't have what I need. Reflect on this this morning. Is that, is that true for you? Do you believe that the Lord is everything that you need? Does it impact the way that you live? In this passage, Jesus tells the Jewish leaders and everybody who is listening that he's all that we need. He is the shepherd of the sheep, and because of him, we shall not want. Jesus portrays himself as a unique person who brings a unique promise, and he's come to earth with a unique purpose. Starting here, in verse 7, unique person. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And so he says that he's the door. The CSB says that he is the gate. But he's using this, this illustration um, of, of the sheep and shepherd uh, relationship. And he's saying, remember when the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? He's saying, I am the way, I am the opportunity, I am the door into that shepherd-sheep relationship. There is no other way to have a relationship with God except through me. There is no other way to have true life except through me. The only way to see the importance of this statement is to realize that the biggest need that any human being has is their need for, for God. The biggest need any human has is their need for God. And if that need is not met, the only expectation that we have is brokenness. We were made dependent on God. He made us male and female in his image. He gave us our ontology. He says, this is what you are. He gave us our identity and he gave us purpose. He said, hey, fill the earth and subdue it. He gave us purpose. He told us what was good, what was right, what was wrong. He told us what would lead to our flourishing and what would lead to our destruction. But of course, Adam and Eve, what they did is that they're like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to just go do this over here, right? And their punishment was separation from God, right? Their punishment is death, but that death is realized in separation from the source of life. And an angel comes in and blocks their way, right? Because they're kicked out of the garden, blocks their way from the source of life. 
And all of us come into that same condition where we're separated from the source of life. And no wonder we're confused in our identity. Because if our source of identity is gone, no wonder we're like, what's my purpose? What's the meaning of life? Do I have value? Because we've been separated from the source of life. And so we spend the rest of our life trying to run through these different doors to find our way back to the source, right? And, and it's kind of like that, that part in the episode of Scooby-Doo, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like with, with all the doors, and you just run out of one door, and you just went in this door, but somehow you come out of this door over here, right? And they keep running, never quite escaping the ghost they're running from, but never quite getting to wherever it is they think they're going. And Jesus tells Shaggy, I am the door. I am the door. And of course, the, the Pharisees, when they hear this, they will be livid. They're like, first of all, who's Shaggy? Second of all, I, we are the children of Abraham. What do you mean we have to go through you? To go through you. The Pharisees are saying, no, what you need to do is you need to live by the law. You need to do what we tell you to do, and then you will have life. And Jesus responds, all who came before me were thieves and robbers. Pharisees say, you don't need Jesus, and, and Jesus calls them thieves and robbers. Everybody who comes and tells you what you truly need, or they come and tell you, this is, this is the good life over here. Pursue this. They are just like the Pharisee. We, we live in a whole world of Pharisees saying, this is the way to life. Do this and you will have this. Selling us a dream. But we do this, right? Like when somebody comes to you and they have an issue, we tell them what they need or what they need to do. But very rarely do we point them back to Jesus because it's hard for us to see how Jesus becomes the answer for what people truly need. Every podcast, every YouTube channel, every song, every Instagram influencer, just think about what an influencer is. Like, what, what, do, what do influencers do besides trying to trick you into pursuing the good life through whatever it is they're trying to sell you? Every political pundit, if you let them, they will impose their worldview on you by implicitly and sometimes explicitly telling you what you truly need to live the good life. In 2020, I thought I needed to, to buy a camera because um, YouTube had convinced me that the only way to be satisfied was filming cinematic videos. And so um, I put literally thousands of dollars of camera equipment in my Amazon cart. 
The only problem is that six months prior, YouTube had convinced me that my only way to be satisfied was through filming cinematic videos, and so I bought a camera. Now, six months later, that camera wasn't good enough. I now need something else, because the YouTuber told me this is what I need. And you can be, you can, you can like rest assured um, that I did not purchase that equipment um, because my wife said no. <laughs> and um, I might be saying, like, this is a really frivolous uh, example. Um, but the reality is, is that when I emptied my cart, I was sad. Like, like bodily sad. Like, like I was very, very disappointed. Like I had lost something real. And sometimes that shows us like what we truly think that we need is by looking at, man, what, what is it that disappoints us? And maybe that's a thing that we were trusting in for life. Now, all disappointment isn't bad. You know, we live in a fallen world. We're going to be disappointed. And so the Bible has a category for that, and it's called lament, and we, we, we are able to lament. But let, us, let that point us back to Jesus. Let that disappointment remind us that, hey, Jesus fills that hole, and what I don't feel right now is coming. Jesus is who you need. He is the door you shall not want. He's a unique person, and he comes with a unique promise. There's a twofold promise that Jesus gives. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. And so there's a, there's a picture of a sheep pen. And so if you were a shepherd over in, um, in, in the country, you, you would probably have all of your sheep with you. And then there's this, uh, this, this some sort of structure where there may be stones stacked up, maybe this high, all the way around, right? So that the sheep can, can, can be, in, be inside something, right? But there's an opening so the sheep can go in and out. And there's not a physical door. And so what the shepherd would do is lay down in the middle of the, the opening. Like he would lay down that way, the sheep can't get out and predators can't get in. And so in that way, Jesus is, is modeling, yeah, I'm the shepherd, but I'm also the door. And he's showing that to us. And he's the door for us too, right? Like he's, he's blocking so that the sheep don't just wander off and, and destroy. He's saying, hey, I, I'm not going to let you do that. And he's also saying the enemy can't get to you. The enemy can't get to you except through me. And I will lay my life down before I allow the enemy to get to you. And he says, hey, if you come through this door, you will be saved. You, you will be saved saved. He's offering you security. If you come through this door, I got you. But security is only valuable to us when we, when we value that type of security. But if we value physical, 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 that's how you say that, physical security over spiritual security, then when you break a leg or someone gets sick, you might think that God is a liar when he says that he has everything that you need. If you value financial security over spiritual security, then when you lose your job, you might think that, man, I thought, the, I thought God said that he has everything that we need. 
if we find security in how we look, first of all, that is going away, without a doubt. You will not look this good in 15 years. That's, that's just a true statement. And how we look or what we have or what we do, if we find security in that thing, those things, we might look to God and say, God, are, do you really give me what I need? But the truth is that God determines what it is that you need. And he keeps you secure enough to where you remain faithful to him. Sometimes we go and we try to find security in whatever makes us feel safe. But God isn't calling us to be that safe sometimes, right? For a lot of us, people scare us, just in general, like just people. Um, you, you, you'd be amazed at how many people are like afraid of phone calls, right? Like people scare us. Um, and so if we sought security, we might withdraw from people. But the Lord wants us to go and make disciples. So do we trust that God is everything that we need? Do we trust that he's offering us security? Jesus says in Luke, therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you're going to eat, what clothes you're going to put on, because your life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single, like, hour to your life? And if you can't do that small thing, then why are you anxious about all this stuff? Instead, seek the kingdom, and then these things will be added on to you. Like, I will give you what you need if you seek the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, my sheep. Fear not those who have come into this door and entered into this shepherd-sheep relationship. Fear not because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He may not, he is not in the interest of building your kingdom, but he will give you the kingdom. He offers us that, that security. And he, and he gives us another promise. Jesus says, you will go in and out and you will, you will find pasture. And so he brings us back to, to this Psalm 23 again, right? Like, these are the benefits of the abundant life. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He satisfies you with what is good. He will fill you. You will be like fat sheep sleeping. That's what I picture, right, on green pastures. Like that grass must be soft, good for food and bed, right? He leads us beside still water. So he keeps you from the rushing waves that will destroy you. He quenches your thirst. He, he will remove your thirst for, for these evil desires and replace them with good ones, and then he will fill it. He restores your soul. He restores your soul. There is rest. There is restoration. There is renewal in Jesus. Do you feel just like blah today? Maybe you feel like giving up. 
He will restore your soul. He is a soul-restoring God. He's a soul-restoring shepherd. He leads us in paths of righteousness. First of all, he leads us. Are you looking for guidance? He leads us. You don't have to know which way you're going. You're a sheep. You are over-functioning if you think you need to know everywhere that you're going, right? There is a leader who is leading you. Some of us get crippled by decision-making, right? I'm just saying that he is leading you somewhere. In paths of righteousness, leading you where he wants you to go. You're struggling with sin. He's leading you out of it. He's leading you in the right ways. A shepherd leads. He's leading you in righteousness, growing you in faithfulness to him. For his name's sake, not your name's sake, which is good. Because God does what he does in my life for the sake of himself, which means he's not going to mess that up. He can't mess it up, but he's not going to mess it up because his name is on the line. Maybe you're suffering today. And in that darkest valley, He's with you. And he's brought all the things. He's brought his flashlight and and his camping gear, right? But it's like not the camping gear where you're like, where am I going to use the bathroom? There's a whole bathroom on the inside, right? He's brought all of that to comfort you in this darkest valley. He will comfort you. I think about sometimes like when I just don't sense that, that God is near to me, um, it, it almost makes it more like I'm a sheep in, 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 a, uh, in a little sheep fold because I can imagine just being one simple sheep and there's like a bunch of little sheep around me and I'm on my little sheep tiptoes. Try, where's the shepherd, right? I'm like trying to get up and see and there's, all I see is white because the sheep is over in the front being the door, protecting me. He knows exactly where I'm at. God is always with you. He's a shepherd and a good one. But that's next week's sermon, but still. He makes a unique promise. I will give you life. I will give you security. You will be saved. You will have the abundant life through me. And he comes um, with a unique purpose. He begins this next part by, by saying, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I think contextually, the, the, the thieves that he might be talking about are uh, maybe re- referring to the, the Pharisees. But before that, he says that the Pharisees are sons of the devil. And I think that there is a chief thief. And the reality is there is a, a spiritual warfare that is going on. And the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God, that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle uh, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces 
of evil in heavenly places. The devil is a schemer, and he's the prince of the power of the air. The devil is at work in all of our society, our systems, and in mankind. And his goal, his purpose, is to steal, kill, and bring destruction. I recently heard a rapper uh, say this, and he, he was like, he, he was washing um, oceans, um, one of the oceans, right? Like 11, 12, 13 Pacific. Um, and he's like, how, by the end of the movie, he's like rooting for, for the thieves. And he's like, wait, how did I get here, right? Should the Christian be rooting for the thieves? And he says that the director is able to shape the narrative um, so that you end up on the wrong side. And I think about the devil being the prince of the air and man, he's always shaping the narrative. And before you know it, you're caught up. And, and these thieves over here, they're trying to get some ill-gotten gain to satisfy something in them that will never be satisfied. And meanwhile, the, the devil is, is directing another type of screenplay where we got caught up in the same thing and we're trying to get these things that will never satisfy us. And we tend to try to get them in ways that aren't appropriate for followers of Jesus. Everything that seems good isn't good for you. You don't have to have everything. You're not going to have everything. You won't. But it doesn't mean that you won't have everything that you need. Right? I promise you, everybody in here is longing for something that is good that they will not get. All of us. But it doesn't mean that we do not have what we need. But what Satan will do is paint this thing that we do not have as life itself. Man, if you don't get this thing, how, how are you living life to the full? How is that the abundant life? But he only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Don't be shocked when you suffer. Sometimes suffering is what you need. You should be shocked when your life is so awesome that you forget you need God for anything. When things keep you from being obedient and faithful to God, consider, consider Satan's schemes at work. The only way to life is Christ. Jesus came with this purpose. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He protects his sheep from ultimate destruction, even if like Job, you might suffer right now. But in all things, his goal is to give you all that you need. He's always working that end. Just remember that. 
He's always working that, those things together, right? I'm giving this person everything that they need so that they can have life. When we have Jesus, we have life, life in the way that it was intended, life connected to God, life that we can live out in a true identity, life that has a real and right purpose. To make disciples, to care for creation, to glorify God in all things. Life that will persist into eternity, life that will never stop but get better. Life where we can know God. There's one application I have for today, and and it's this. Depend on the door. Depend on the door. Live like through this door is everything that you need. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out. I'm praying that the Lord will... uh, Make sure what I say is godly. So, there are some people um, who, who I guess they just have too many people who want to get to them, right? Sometimes, right? Like it happens with pastors sometimes, where it's like, hey, if you, it's not good if I set up a meeting with you, you know? Like, you you, you got to contact my my assistant, you know? Or if you're you, you want to contact somebody who's famous, you're like, hey, you got to go through my agent, right? And I think about it in this way where it's like, man, when we know the door, we realize that everything that we want that is good, we have to go, we have to go through God first. Everything that we receive is through God. He is the door. Live like through this door is everything that you need. I think the way that you, the way that it looks when you live that out is one, you are in constant communication with him. Letting him know what you need. Also realizing that he's there, right? I'm always talking with him, conversing with him, praying. Two, you trust that he will provide for you, right? I've made all of my requests known. I'm going to trust that he's going to provide, even when he does not seem to be answering my prayers. I'm going to trust that he is providing, Number three, you pursue life his way. You're not not chasing security. If anything, you're chasing Jesus who gives you security. You're not chasing life. If anything, you're chasing Jesus and he's giving you life. Pursue life his way. He is the only one that can satisfy you. And when disappointment just like begins to rise up in you. You got to believe that Jesus is all that you need. This is what it looks like to live by faith. Depend on the door to be everything you need for life and security. If you are here today and you have not yet trusted in Christ, turn to him. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus is the only way to life. 
Come through that door. That's the only place you will find security. That might mean turning away from your current lifestyle and giving up some stuff, but you get life in return. When God wanted to rescue his people from Egypt, he did so not because they were just awesome people. He did it because of his love and his grace. They had been slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And he sent a final plague to Egypt to rescue them. And this plague would come and it would take the life of every firstborn child in every family. But for his people, people of Israel, he said, I'm going I'm to spare you. What you do is you take a lamb and you slay it. And while your family is inside enjoying a meal, being satisfied, you need to take the blood of that lamb and you need to smear it on a doorpost. And when the, when the spirit of death comes through, he would take a look at this blood-stained door and he will pass over your house. By way of this blood-stained door, these people find security. Because they were behind this door, they were saved. And when that blood-stained door opened, these people walked out into a promised future of life. But not everybody made it to the promised land. And in comes Jesus. He is both the lamb and the blood-stained door. And he takes the penalty for sin on a cross for you, the lamb that was slain. And behind that blood-stained door, you are saved. You have security. And through that blood-stained door, he welcomes you into eternal life. And he gives you everything that you need. And if you rely on this door, you will have life and have it abundantly. Let's pray. Hi, I'm Jamal Williams, lead pastor of Sojourn Midtown. Thanks for listening. At Midtown, we value gospel-centeredness, biblical faithfulness, transformative relationships, diverse fellowship, creativity in the arts, and relentless mission. For more sermons, info about our church, visit sojournchurch.com slash midtown.